This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. It's that time of the week. Uh, every couple of weeks on a Thursday, personal finance expert Mary Holm joins us and talks about an aspect of money. And uh, well, Mary's on mortgages today, but uh, probably not the mortgage you're familiar with. Hello there, Mary. Hello, Jesse. Uh, a mortgage, though, that may be becoming more common. Look, I think more people are realising they're out there. They've been around forever. We're talking about reverse mortgages which are a way to get some value out of your house in, in retirement. I'll get onto the details in a minute, but mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, especially with house prices you know, now so high, you know, it's awfully common for someone in retirement to have a house worth a million dollars or more. And they're you know, sometimes struggling. They haven't got enough money to have um, a nice time in retirement. They, you know, they get New Zealand super, but... You might want some money for travel or things like that. So it's a way to get some of the money out of your house, actually. Um, and look, they can be brilliant, but but please be careful with them, is, okay. is my basic message. Because I suppose it would be quite frustrating if you feel like you've built up a fair bit of wealth, you're a millionaire, technically, and yet you don't have any cash to spend. That's right. I mean, you know, it's a common observation. People say, I'm asset rich and cash poor, and... You know, that, that, as I say, with house prices where they are now, that's really a common situation. Mm. Um, and, and these things can work really well. The very basic message is it's not a good idea to do them early in retirement, uh-huh. but I, it, it is a good idea to do them when you're 85 or 90 or whatever. So what they are, and by the way, there are two two banks offering them at the moment, Heartland Bank is the main one, and SBS. So currently, two of the smaller banks. Not that long ago, ASB was offering them, and in the past, all sorts of different banks have offered them. And uh, my guess would be that they might become more widely available yeah. um, as we the boomers are retiring. Because is there a sign that demand is increasing for them? Yeah, the um, Heartland Bank said recently that they had a 39% increase in, in inquiries the first quarter of this year versus a year ago. That's a big jump. Um, I think it's probably from a fairly low base. You know, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of people who don't even know about these or are scared of them, and rightly so if they, if they get one of these loans when they're... You can get them from age 60 on but as I say I reckon um, it's much better to, to spend all your savings and do whatever else you can to you know to provide money for yourself until you're sort of 85 or 90 preferably unless one exception to that would be people who have got big health problems and are saying well I'm not going to be alive at that stage mm-hmm. of my life so it's more, really, if you're within, say, you know, about 10 years of when you expect you're not going to be around anymore, um, that's the time to get one of these loans. So, so to explain them a bit more, um, you, you're borrowing money 
Um, typically, you've got a mortgage-free house or it's got only a, a small mortgage where, at the time when you retire or apply for a loan. Um, so you're borrowing against the house, but you make no re repayments until the house is sold or you die. And at that point, the whole loan gets paid back, um, which sounds all quite nice, except that in the meantime, the interest on the loan is compounding. And that's why I don't like seeing people who are mm. relatively you know, young, 60, 70. Um, I've heard of people in that sort of age group saying, oh, this is great, you know, I can borrow money and do all kinds of things. And I think, oh, um, be a bit careful, just be aware what you're getting into, because they fix their, um, sorry, floating rate loans, and they can really, you know, that rate can go up at any time, and quite likely will, um, over the life of the loan, because cause interest rates are unusually low at the moment. So you've got to expect that, you know, in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years, they could go up a heck of a lot, those yeah. interest rates. Already, already the interest rate on a reverse mortgage is higher than you would expect from a standard mortgage. That's right. Yes, it is. It's currently 5.95 at Heartland and 5.85 at, at SBS. Um, and, yeah, and, and those are floating rates, so they can go up at any time. So... Um, just to get back to the basics before I get into too much detail on it, mm. just a bit more to say what these creatures actually are. You, you know, apply and the the bank will want to check out that your house is is worth what you say it's worth, etc. Um, and then you can typically get either a lump sum from some from the bank or regular payments. Um, you might say, look, I just want my super supplemented by $100 a week or something like that, so you can arrange to get regular payments made. Or, But if you need a new roof or a new car or something like that, then you might want to take a lump sum, or you can just have a sort of as-needed arrangement. So they're very flexible on how much money you get. Um, and you can spend that money on, on whatever you want to. The bank is not interested in how you spend the money. They're... they're um, security is your house and so you can blow it all on a big party if you want to um, <laughs> um, so uh, you can borrow uh, the, uh, the percentage of the value of your house goes up as you get older so currently you can borrow typically say 15% of the value of the house at age 60 and by the time you get to 90 it might be 45 or 50% of the house mm -hmm. so you know, they are making, because of the compounding interest, they're not going to lend you the whole lot, but but it does increase as, as you get older. Right, they wouldn't want to get into a position where you owed more than the house was worth, or, or no. owed more than the house could drop to if there was an unexpected turn. Well, that's turn. right. Mm. That, that's what the whole, their big worry is. And in fact, in the past, in England, quite a few people got caught where their, their reverse mortgage was bigger than the value of their house. Mm. And so when they died or were moving out, um, the bank was kind of going them for their other assets, and it was a horrible situation, and reverse mortgages got a really bad name right. after that. Um, and that's one reason why they're pretty cautious about the percentage of the value of your house that they'll lend you. Um, in New Zealand, I think... It's true to say that 
all the ones that have offered reverse mortgages recently include a guarantee that you can't end up owing more than the proceeds from selling your house. Um, so, you, you know, the, you, you'd want to make sure that guarantee's there, but I understand it usually is these days. But um, just to show what, what, how the interest rates can grow, I was just doing a few calculations. If you've got the loan running for 20 years, so you borrow at, say, 65 and, and die or move out of the house at 85, then the amount you borrow, if the interest rate is 7%, it could be about four times what you originally borrowed. And if the interest rate goes up to 9%, it could be six times what you originally borrowed. Wow. You know? So you're going in and borrowing 100000 and owing 600000 mm. after 20 years. And after 30 years, it's, it's even worse. You know, After 30 years, if the interest rates have gone up to 9% for most of that period, you could be owing 15 times what you borrowed. So mm. you borrowed 100000 and you owe $1.5 million, you know. So... so that's those are the sort of numbers that happen, and they're not rip-offs. It, it's just that you've got the use of that money in the meantime, and and the interest rates are compounding away. So I, I guess um, at the back of uh, a lot of people's minds, they'll be thinking, yeah, but um, but my house will be going up in value as well all that absolutely. time. Absolutely, that's quite right, and 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 you know, it, it it almost certainly will. Over short periods, house prices can can and do go down, but. Over long periods, they always have gone up, and you've got to expect that to happen. So what I really recommend people do is go onto the Heartland Bank website. They've got a calculator there, and you can put in just a rough value of your house and um, and how much you'd like to borrow and what your age is, etc. and they'll tell you how much you can borrow and what it might grow to by age 80 and by age 90, etc. So playing around with that calculator gives you a good mm. feel for what's going on. Just one thing to note, that calculator assumes that house prices will grow by 3%, um, which is probably a fair enough assumption, but if you were wanting to be conservative, you can change that figure, and you might change it to 2%, say, just to be really conservative about it, because what the calculator shows is how much your, your debt will go up, but also how much the value of the house is likely to go mm. up. And so it... Uh, playing around with the calculator really gives you a feel for how the whole thing works. Yeah, and, and I yeah. suppose some people will be tempted to bump that up uh, as well if they're looking at the last few years and thinking, oh, it's been more like 10%. Absolutely. So, yeah. Of course they will. People will say 3% house price growth, that's pathetic. You know, we've <laughs> had 20-something percent. Um, and, yeah, look, who knows what the future holds, but you just want to be a bit conservative when you're doing mm-hmm. this um, because... Over you know over history, I think three percent is about the right number, and um, you know there's no real reason to expect over the next ten or twenty years it'll be any different from that. We don't know, just don't know. But but you know people in retirement tend to be more conservative about these things because you don't want to end up um, owing you know the whole the whole house going to none of it going to the kids. Um, all of it going back to the bank. Mm. Um, and by the way, you can get, I think at Heartland and SBS, and with quite a lot of these loans over the years, there's been a thing where you can say, I want to make sure that at least $200,000, let's say, I'm left with at least that much when I die or sell the house 
perhaps move into a home or whatever, um, because I want the kids to get something. And so they'll, they'll sort of set aside that amount, say, OK, we, you know, our loan won't go bigger than that. But that means, of course, they'll lend you less. But you, you can do that to kind of... Yeah, and it, and, it, um, and it presumes that you'll be able to predict what the house will sell for, I suppose. Uh, yes. and No, I, th- I think you go... Um, it might be a percentage of the current value of the house, or it might oh, yeah. just be like 100000 or two. You just mm-hmm. name that and say, whatever the house is worth at the other end, I want to guarantee that I'll have at least that much will be there okay. for the kids or... Or whatever. Yeah, that, kids yeah. kids are an interesting factor in this, eh? Because yes. that's a conversation you'll have to have if you're um if you're planning on well because it means that the house will have to sell when you die, right, to pay this mortgage back. Y- yes, yeah, it, it probably does. You know, um, unless unless you know the, the debt you you got it out quite you know only a few years earlier and and didn't take out a heck of a lot of money, in which case maybe the house is by then worth $2 million and, and the debt's only 100000 or something, and, and you know, so the kids might be able to come up with the money from elsewhere oh, yeah, okay. keep, or something like that. Mm. But, but typically, yes. It, it wouldn't work very well if the family was hoping to um, move into the house, one of the kids was hoping to move into the house or something like that. And the, the whole family issue is an interesting one because how much um, do you tell the kids about this? Um, I mean, the general recommendation will be that you do tell your children, if you've got any, that that they this is this will eat into what you know might otherwise have been their inheritance. And um, as I said before about these kind of things, I sort of think if the kids say, "Hey, you can't do that," that's a good sign that you can do it and should do it. <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah. I mean, every family's situation is different, of course, but generally speaking, not a bad idea to tell the kids so that they they're not sort of waltzing ahead, kind of assuming that the, with yeah. three kids they'll get a third of the house, and therefore they don't bother to save for retirement or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, so, so that's something to think about. Um, there, there's a there's a list that the Commission for Financial Capability has put out on key things to ask. Um, one is, do you have the right to live there for life, which um, would normally be yes, but you just want to check that. And what if you move? If you move from your current house to another house, you're not going into a rest home or something or, or a retirement village. You're, you know, you've decided to move down to Napier or something. Um, can you transfer it to your new place? And the answer will often be yes, but you just obviously need to check that. Um, you want to guarantee that you won't owe more than the proceeds from selling the property. We talked about that before. Uh, typically in New Zealand, you'll get that, but you would want to absolutely check that. And how the loan will affect your estate when you die. Just, so you just want to you know, have all of that mm. clear in your mind. Um, and you may be able to get what I was talking about before, equity protection, which is um, that you're going to, you know, say a third of the house or a quarter of the house, you want at least that much available for people to inherit, um, which, which just typically means you can borrow less. But that is a provision that's often there. So on a, a couple of negatives about this, though, unless you've got any more questions, Jesse. No, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. 
<laughs> although you're a bit young, that <laughs> you're young to think about it, but it's actually some comfort to people, younger people who've got just one eye on retirement, as you were saying the other day, you kind of, you know, thinking about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, that it can give it's you... It's just part of planning, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. And, and yeah. Particularly but, um, if, you, if you, you know... Okay, so I'm 45, right? So I might think these are all hypothetical figures, but I might think, oh, well, if I can save $300,000 to get me through from 65 to 90, and then maybe I need to dip in and get another $100,000 to take me to wherever I'm going to last to. Well, quite. You know? Yeah. That that would affect my KiwiSaver now at 45. Yes, quite. um, I'm planning to... To do it when when I retire, I'm sort of think I'll sort of plan to spend my money until I'm say ninety, and then and then do this. And you, it does you know, seem pretty much win win win. I mean, you know, with the with the caveats that you mention, it's a pretty good way of getting some money out of your house. Yes, it is. When you've still got the house and you know mm. you can still live in it, and there are some rules about you've got to maintain insurance on it and keep up the maintenance so that the value of the house stays as it is. Right. But um, typically, retired people will be doing that anyway. I, you know, I don't think that's that's can, a. a can I ask? Um, so what if um, okay, so what if I die and I've got um two hundred thousand dollars owing to the bank with a reverse mortgage? Could one of my children or, or my children pitch them together and get a mortgage themselves for that amount uh, yeah, and take over the house? They should be able to. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. I, basically, the bank just wants the debt paid yeah. when, you, when you die and or, or the house is sold. And so you, why would they mind how it gets yeah. back? Yes, I think I, I don't see why that would be a pretty good deal for the kids, wouldn't it? Yes, it could be. Yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing you probably want to ask up front, though. You you know you just want to make sure that was all right. Ask the bank. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yeah, and have have perhaps have something in writing on that. But right. I'd, I'd be surprised if that's not okay. Age concern has a few worries about all this. Um, one of the one of the things they point out is you have to stay in your house or sell it. You're not allowed to rent it out and travel or something like that, um, typically. And, you know, that's what people sometimes want to do in their retirement is rent the house out and shoot off overseas if uh-huh. they come back again. Yeah. Um, so you'd want to, you know, make, check that out. Um, or, or you couldn't move into care without selling your home and paying back the loan. And, you know, that could be a problem if... if um, well, if one of you was moving into care and the other one was staying in the home, things would just continue running on until you were both moved into care. But I, I think, typically, all of these things are you, the things you'd want to be asking up front, which, by the way, is one reason why they charge higher interest rates than they do on ordinary mortgages, that they say there's a lot more kind of talking it through with people. <laughs> and, and sometimes they, and, 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 you know, they say, think about it for a couple of days, and then they come back and... The, the bank spent, you know, five hours talking to the people and then they decide they don't want to do it. And, you know, so, um, and, and I, you know, you certainly should take that time talk to, do do take that time talk. It's a high maintenance customer, generally. Exactly, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. a good way to put it. Um, As it should be. Yes, yes, quite. Just one little survey if we've got time. Yeah. The SBS did 
on how to use um, reverse mortgages, they said about half of them are being used for home improvement. So oh, that's interesting. Probably typically a roof or, you know, some leaking problems or something like that. Ah, so home repairs maybe as much as home improvement, not, not like putting a jacuzzi in. No, well, it, well, it might be. I mean, I don't know how they define it, actually. Um, and they about 40% are using it for additional money for day-to-day expenses. Yeah. And then smaller numbers for travel and holidays, new cars or appliances. Oh, I see, numbers. yeah. And these numbers don't add up to 100, which means that people, some people are using them for travel and holidays and home improvements. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, healthcare and helping families, uh, helping family members are... Two other uses. So it's basically anything you want to use the money for. As I say, it's, you're free to do what you want. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, there are there's good Age Concerns website has a good article on this, which I would recommend people look at. And also Consumer Consumer New Zealand um, has a good a good article on their website, which I'm pretty sure is is open to non-members of Consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend you join Consumer. You know they're they're excellent, um, but I think if you can't be bothered or don't want to spend money on it, you can get that. Out I've been an on-off me- member. If I need to buy a new vacuum cleaner or something, I'll pay the twenty bucks or whatever it is. Thinking, well, you know, I'll probably save that much on the vacuum cleaner if I if I get the best one, and you know, then I get the bonus things as well. That's how yeah. I justify it. <laughs> Because consumer, look, I, I love it, but but you know you can you can get information on everything, you know, all sorts of products that you buy from, you know, which supermarkets got the best deals and which face cream tends to actually work and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's excellent. But ju- just to get back to reverse mortgages, um, sort of three final points really are: only borrow as much as you need. Don't go and say, oh, look, it'd be nice to have 50000 sitting there in the bank to use when I want it. Because meanwhile, that money is sitting in the bank mm. earning, you know, 0.001% or something, and you're paying um, about 6% on it. And so it's really not a good idea to borrow more than yeah. you just... Can you take it in drips and drabs, Mary? Yes, yeah. You can. So you maybe just sort of almost get an overdraft facility... That's right. Yes, it would. Yes, it could well be just like that. Or, or as I was saying earlier, you can set up an automatic, you know, one hundred a week or something like that if you want. They're very flexible. But just don't don't mm. borrow more than you need. Just set it up so that you can get the money as you right. need it. Yeah. Um, uh, the, you know, think about whether you want to tell your family and the pluses and minuses. But for most families, I would recommend that you do tell them what you're doing. Um, and, and my final point is that it's a good backup for for very old age, you know, once once you're 85 or 90. But please be wary about doing at 65 or 70 um, because, you know, it can just add up, you know, so, to so much more than what you actually borrowed. It's not that great a deal. This is not the best way of thinking about it, but I presume the bank would stop you getting a loan that was so big that it was going to cause you problems later in life. Well, they do, you know, they do limit the percentage. As I was saying earlier, I think it's typically about 15% of the value of your house at age 60, which is the youngest you can get them. 
and then it goes up to sort of getting on for half the value of the house by the time you're 90. So they are limiting you in that way. But beyond that, I, I have heard of people who are quite upset because they just haven't really got their head around the fact that if they borrow, yeah. you know, quite a lot when they're quite young, I don't think the bank cares that much. I mean, they're not really there to hold your hand too much. They, as long as they've got the security of the house, you know, and the house is worth a million or more, or, or, or you know, you can still get one on a house worth 500000 actually, but it would just be a smaller loan. But Stressful time of life to learn how compounding interest works for the first time. <laughs> Look, exactly. <laughs> and, but, yeah, and, and it, it does, at these sort of interest rates, it does add up. You know, so just, yes, don't rely on the bank to say, hey, I don't know that you want to borrow that much. Um got to do your own be responsible yourself for this really so it's a really neat product you if it's used in the right way all right mary look i've got some face creams to research on the consumer websites <laughs> you go for it Jesse. thank you for talking to us about reverse mortgages today and if you came in late and it sounds like the topic that you'd like the a to z on uh, you can listen to this uh, this conversation as with all of mary's uh, features here on rnz afternoons uh, she's a podcast. Mary has a podcast, and you can find her on the podcast page at rnz.co.nz. Thanks, Mary. Okay, Jesse. Bye.